Hello and welcome to the Courage to Be podcast, where we explore how to raise your game, lean into discomfort and have more impact and purpose. I am your host, Sinead Millard. Hello, everyone. Very excited to share today's guest with you. The wonderful Xanthi Berkeley, a photographer, filmmaker, stop motion artist and visual storyteller. I have to say I really enjoyed this interview. Xanthi is incredibly inspiring, straight talking, funny um, and and very, very humble considering um, the work that she has done to get to where she is today. She's worked with many leading UK brands such as Bowden, Kath Kidston, The White Company, Warner Music, Etsy UK, to name just a few, creating films, stop motions and photos to be shared across their social media channels. But really, today was about getting to the crux of the courage to be and what that has meant for Zanti and taking her to where she is today. She talks to her experience of resistance and how she has moved through that in the past and how she continues to um, move through that today, as well as the need to go into the world and play a little bit. Santi talks to doing the work, taking action. Um, she definitely doesn't shy away from the fact that there's no quick or easy way to becoming successful or to reaching a level of um, success. And I think that we can draw a lot of inspiration um, from how Zanti put herself out there and some of the tools that she drew on. I interviewed Zanti in WeWork, co-working space in Southbank, and we actually moved room. Um, so we are interviewing um, in a tiny little wellness room. It's, it's almost like a walk-in wardrobe. <laughs> so the sound quality is good, but there is a tiny little bit of background voices in the first eight minutes. Some of you may hear it, some of you may not, but um, I don't think it's anything that is too disruptive. Um, Hopefully the day will come where I have my own recording studios and I don't need to worry about these little things. But alas, let's start here. Um, that's all for me. I shall let you hear from the wonderful Zanti Berkeley. Hello, everyone. I just had to press record there because <laughs> Zanti and I are just having our own little conversation, a lot of which I want to capture. So you're very welcome, Zanti. <gasps> Thanks for inviting me here yeah. on your podcast and yeah. being here with you in person, which is so such a nice way of doing it because I've yeah. done a few Skype ones, but it's actually really lovely to see your face and be here. Yeah, <laughs> and we're in a very intimate room. <laughs> oh no, like that sounds wardrobe. very risky. <laughs> <laughs> we are working out of WeWork in South Bank. So it's yeah, a, we decided to take the wellness space. room, absolutely. <laughs> um, but today, as I mentioned in the introduction, we're really going to get straight to the crux of the courage to be. And I wanted to start by asking you, Zanti, the courage to be, the title of this podcast, <laughs> how do you define courage? And when do you notice it showing up in yourself or maybe others? Well, obviously, being brave and having the courage to do things is is quite a big part of being a creative, I think. Mm. Like we can have this talent or this skill, but you've got to be brave enough to share it with people if mm. you want to move forward and keep creating, I guess, as a job, as it were. Or even just as a creative doing a hobby, you know, you've got to be brave to experiment and to play and to try things out and to not be afraid of making mistakes, I guess, mm. and, and not be afraid of 
what people think although that never really goes away does it I don't know I think we just get better at coping with it are are you better at coping with it yeah I think so I mean I'm definitely braver than I was when I first started out Mm. and would worry about things way more whereas now I think um with more experience you kind of get braver don't you because you have the evidence that okay well last time I went out my comfort zone it it was painful and it was difficult Mm. and it was hard but I did it and then the rewards were really great afterwards um so you yeah with more experience you have more evidence but yeah I think I still get scared and nervous and like Mm. I was nervous even coming and talking to you because it's like you know every time you do anything that feels a little bit different you get nervous and I I now have learned that nerves are a good thing and Mm. actually it means that you just really care or you want to do a good job um and that even if you are scared and frightened and trying to be brave that you should just yeah just keep doing it and keep trying it because that's Mm. the only way to get better at anything is to keep doing it and putting yourself out there yeah I think yeah it's interesting (laughs) and I know I love that and I listened to an interview you did back in 2017 and you quoted Ira Glass Mm. Um, and I'm actually going to take this moment just to read the quote because I think the audience okay. will really enjoy yeah, it. Do, do. Nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there is this gap. For the first couple of years, we make stuff. It's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste the thing that got you into the game is still killer and your taste is why your work disappoints you a lot of people never get past this phase they quit most people i know who do interesting creative work went through years of this so i think i would love you to talk us through your experience of this did you experience this phase as a creative oh yeah and i think i i still i still do but yeah when you first start out and take take my photography or making films or any of the creative work that i do um yeah you you know that what you're doing isn't as good as the stuff you see on pinterest or the stuff you see the big instagrammers doing but what you mustn't do is then go oh, well, I'll never be as good as them. You have to kind of use it as a, an incentive to get better and to keep practicing and keep, mm. keep trying and realize that you can get better the more you do something. And I think that's what he's saying is that you've, you can't just expect to be brilliant at something straight away. It is about putting the work in, putting yourself out there and, and to keep trying. And I use that quote um, when people are taking my online classes when they first start making videos because they've obviously watched tv and cinema and they've Mm. seen instagram films or they've seen my films and then they make their first film and they're like but it doesn't look like how i wanted it to look and it's wobbly and it's out of focus and it's like well yeah that's because your taste is telling you it's not good enough but the only way is to just keep going and keep creating and keep doing and keep practicing to get better Mm. so that's what I, I use that as a bit of inspiration to get people creating. But I still go back to that quote now if I'm yeah. working on a project and I'm feeling like, oh, it's just not right or it's just not good enough. It's like you've got to 
you've got to keep pushing through you know mm. that, that bit at the end where you yeah where he yeah. says you've got to keep pushing yeah and I guess you, you've worked on a lot of projects do you feel like that phase exists in every project irrespective of where it is you're at within your career do you get just get better at recognizing it yeah I think so and like I, I mentioned before you just get better at coping with it so mm. you 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 go okay this is this is part of the journey you know like you see those sort of circles of self-doubt or whatever it is it's yeah. like oh yeah I can do this oh no I'm gonna it's <laughs> gonna be awful oh no it's gonna be terrible and yeah. then you go oh no but I'm gonna give it a go and it's like it's just mm. a cycle I think you know and yeah I'm just I have more experience as I said of doing things so I know I, I recognize the feeling in my body or the thoughts in my head and you just have to push them aside and, and carry on regardless and hope that you you get it done and you might make mistakes but making mistakes and things mm. failing are all part of the process as well because you learn from them and yeah and that kind of stuff you know yeah. and it's all a bit cliche no it's, I know but I think so when you've true. experienced the cliches you mm. realize that they're true but part of us has to experience them too yeah 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 um, yeah and for creatives out there who might currently be doing their work maybe whether that's their passion work part-time but are really looking to move to working on this full-time is mm. there any advice that you can give to them just keep doing the work and keep doing work that you want to do more of so I think like when I was doing creative works to say like my photography but I wasn't necessarily getting offered jobs or being asked to do work I think well actually what do I want to people to be emailing me to say what kind of project and then creating that kind of work to kind of get you in the mm. the mindset of right I want to be photographing families or I want to be making videos for brands so start doing it and then that means you're building this kind of portfolio of work that people can then see and it also just gets you into that habit of working to a brief or coming up with an idea that a client might ask you but actually it's just your own personal project um kind of gone off on a bit of a ramble yeah, no, that's but that's really interesting actually but I so think rather than sitting waiting. and waiting <laughs> yeah. for the where's this magic email yeah. gonna come it's like well actually visualizing or setting an intention right I want to be creating work for this type of client and and doing it you know and even if you're not getting paid you'll be getting huge valuable experience and um, ways of working and thoughts and ideas that then could mm. then go on and um, help you in in real briefs when you finally do get the work I think yeah um, the first <laughs> brand can you give me an what was the first brand that you worked with um, so one of the first brands I worked with was Bowdoin and I love their clothes and their style and the color and all the fun um, and yeah I just started creating stuff with some of their products or some of the stop motions or taking pictures in their clothes with a view to thinking well this is the kind of content that I think that they want or the content that they are showing. This was very early on in Instagram, so it was before every brand and their yeah. mother was on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, just kind of getting in that sort of headspace of what, what kind of content will they be looking for and, and starting to create it, you know. That's, that's yeah, that's <laughs> incredible. So you, you but were I think that can be applied to by any, anything, like yeah. a writer, if you want to write for Stylist Magazine, then start putting stuff up on your blog or if you're a painter and you want to have an exhibition in 
a Soho art gallery or whatever, then yeah. start in the cafe down the road. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's like little steps to get you towards yeah. what you and, want to and be you doing. you strike me as somebody who's not afraid to test and learn and experiment. Have there been areas of work that you've been in previously and you've kind of moved away from those because they haven't aligned with what it is you want to do? Yeah, I mean, I in my 20s, I worked for um, a music label, record label, and I worked in set design and commercials so I feel like every job has kind of helped me with what I'm doing now but what I'm doing now is exactly what I love to be doing which is working for myself doing the kind of projects that I want to be doing but that's not to say that that work that I did at the record label taught me about how to talk to people and how to write emails and how Mm. to interact um, when you're first having meetings and and things like that just little things so even though the work necessarily wasn't exactly what I want to be doing there's little skills and even like stuff I did at school there's things that you take from that each little nuggets like move on and help you yeah in the next stage yeah does that answer the question no massively no 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 it it really does I think it just comes back to the test and learn concept because Mm. very often there's a thought or a feeling that we need to know the direction in which we're going in. and sometimes we do and that's fine and sometimes we have a hazy direction ahead of us but very often there's a degree of play and experimentation mm. that needs to happen but I think that whilst it's an amazing opportunity and time for people out there to self-teach to learn all of those things with the platforms that are available and online courses there's also perhaps if we look at it with other mindset there's like a bigger platform for judgment mm. and, but it depends on which way you look at it so you know it's really about helping people to lean into this sense of play which I really pick up from what it is mm. you do um and knowing that if you put something out there it's not life or death no absolutely <laughs> you know and I think this yeah. is the other thing it's a bit like you know I, and I remember that at the start of my career it's like you think that when you launch your website or when you say one thing like that's it mm. you know yeah but you can continue to evolve whilst doing it in the real world absolutely and I think everything should if you can like things just can grow organically and yeah through play and experiment and trying things out and oh no that didn't work or I've launched this thing but no one seems interested or I've just mentioned this thing and everybody seems interested and so you sometimes have to sort of test test the water and that comes through play and experiment and you know I think you can kind of set an intention or a dream or a goal but also be kind of open to trusting that things will unfold mm. how how they're going to unfold and that's what I think I've gained a lot in the last 10 years is that just trust that things will figure out so oh no I haven't had any work I haven't got any work next month and what am I going to do and and then suddenly an email comes in and that changes your whole month and just trusting that it's going to be okay or that this project's really tricky and I'm not really getting to grips with it but it's okay because the evidence has shown me before that I do find a way and I maybe just need to step away from my desk and go for a walk and then suddenly it will all flow again mm-hmm. you know so there's that kind of trust play experimenting all of all of these things that are like this big cauldron of yeah. stuff to equip you to help you you yeah. know on your yeah exactly. creative endeavors or and in the midst of all this do you do you still find yourself experiencing moments of resistance or how does resistance oh, maybe yeah. show up for you? Is there some classic signals for you that resistance is high? Oh, yeah. Like resist, like I wish, 
I wish someone had just said it's never going to go away, okay? Like, just accept that. And I think in the last couple of years, I've realised that it's part of me. Like, I will have a deadline and I will always work up until the deadline and I will always avoid it by doing other things and, oh, no, I must organise my desk right now or I must answer those emails rather than actually get the work done. But I kind of, I know sometimes that actually that resistance can help me because... If I'd done the project two days ago, I wouldn't have come up with what I've come up with today. Mm. And so, and knowing that is kind of comfortable and just knowing that resistance is there and I feel it and I mm. can push through it, you know. Mm. Um, it, is, um, there, yeah. is there evidence that it goes away? <laughs> no, and, and I think this is it again with experience mm. is just being able to identify it mm. and just know that it's, 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 it's possible to move through it and and also I think as you speak I'm interested does resistance ever show up in the form of self-doubt or imposter syndrome or do you oh, have yeah. moments where you wake up and go does it really matter what am I doing yeah does that still oh, no. happen imposter now? syndrome when I first discovered that it was the actually term. a thing like I read it on the internet whenever it was five years ago and I was like are you kidding me this is me this is my life what do you mean it's got a title I don't understand that it's, fab- it's just fabulous it was so good yeah. um but again, once you know what it is, it's like, well, yeah, okay, I'll here here it is again. Like, but I, but I, the self doubt again, it's resistance and self doubt. They're just never going to go away. They're just always going to peek their head up, and those thoughts in your head are just thoughts, and mm. you can push them aside and go, okay, well, maybe I'm not good enough for this job, but. I'm going to give it a go and as you said like I'm not saving anybody's life here it's creative work it's not the end of the world yes I might upset a client or I might not get paid or whatever those things but I'm just going to try it and give it a go and try and believe in yourself a little bit and and know that the self-doubt is there but that it shouldn't it shouldn't stop you like I I I think that's one of my skills is that I don't let it stop me being scared of things or feeling that I'm not good enough I still will give it a go anyway and maybe that's come with experience or maybe that's my personality I don't know but yeah you've got to push through and just keep trying even if everything in your head is saying oh no you're not good enough and you're not as good as that person and who do you think you are you know thinking this and wanting to do this kind of work but actually who am I not to yeah have a go you know yeah and why not I'm I'm willing to show up and to give it a go so yeah. and when you look back do you, can you can you identify any periods maybe that were a little bit painful I don't really like referring to them as moments of failure but I mm. think I've certainly had had many um do, do you look at that do you think about that can you recall any particular experiences and how you move through them yeah I mean you know like if I've created something so like a an e-course I did a few years ago I created I thought it's going to be amazing and like this is what everybody needs and there was just crickets <laughs> like nobody wanted to do it and then and so and and then I had the embarrassing thing of like do I still run it or do I cancel it or what do I do and yeah it was it was awful at the time and now when I think about it it's like well maybe there was other stuff I had to do and maybe I hadn't promoted it well enough it was the time of the year it wasn't all about me and I'm a failure that there were circumstances perhaps that were Mm. contributing to it not doing very well Um, and that you you still have that 
content to re-release or to to mm. share another time or the experience of trying something and not everything works like you can't mm. be a creative or be a human and that everything you do is amazing like that just isn't how it is like things don't work out and things go wrong and you make mistakes and so yeah I feel like you need the little failures to just make you feel human and yeah. you're not like it, it, amazing think, at everything because yeah. nobody's amazing at everything and just like nobody has this wonderful happy carefree stress-free life you know mm. that just isn't how it is we all have this emotions and stuff going on and a roller coaster and some days are good and some days are harder mm. but we carry on you know yeah and I think as we look at somebody's Instagram grid it's mm. it's easy to assume that you know obviously you don't see the online course on there that didn't necessarily no. work or <laughs> that crap feeling on a Monday morning mm. um, but I think also it's almost like without those failure points or painful points it doesn't really feel like you've reached a certain level for me because mm. if we look at anybody who's had success they all have these stories to tell um but then it's just i guess there's a grieving process in any project that potentially doesn't go where you envisioned it going but then it's being able to lean into all those things that you just said so the growth mindset of oh well well here were the benefits to being able to do it um, but i think it just helps hearing these stories from mm. people like you who who've had a lot of success and continue to have a lot of success because it just gives those, you know, g gives me a, mm. a definitely as, as a newbie too and as a novice when it comes to podcasting, it's, and to all those creators out there who are beginning that, yes, there will be some painful periods because I think if, if we expect that it's all plain sailing, there's just a natural disappointment. Yeah, and, and like, you've just got to give it a go. Like, even mm. just using you as the, the podcast example, like, mm. lots of people talk about, doing a podcast but they don't get around to doing it for mm. whatever reasons and so even just showing up and doing it and being here with your microphones and your recording <laughs> things in a little wellness room so, <laughs> overheating it's so, <laughs> so amazing and that's what yeah. I think I'm like okay that that e-course didn't work for me but I've done other ones that have been great success and mm. and at least I tried and I had a go at it and it that one didn't work but something else will and yeah I think you've just you've got to keep persevering and 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 pushing through you yeah, know the resistance yeah. and the and what led you to turn to, I suppose, teaching or sharing, um, supporting other people in terms of their creative capacity? That was 2012, is that correct? Yeah, 2012 was my first e-course and it was kind of before, like way, there were hardly any e-courses around and it just came out of, I was creating these little films about my life and me and my boys and my husband and it was back when people you know visited blogs and left comments on blogs yeah. and people were like what are you doing how are you doing this and can you can you share with us how you're doing it and again it was before YouTube had all these tutorials of how you could you know learn anything yeah. and so I just put together some tutorials of editing and shooting and yeah just sort of packaged up this little course for people to to learn from and people loved it and were creating work straight away from it. So it was like, it was like, oh, this is meant to be. Because I've always really, I've always liked teaching mm. in a way. Um, but it was great to be able to share and teach something that I was making and doing and loving. And mm. let me share with you how I'm doing it. And, and I still do that now today, which is yeah. fabulous. So yeah. I, I get you just launched an online course today, did you? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got one starting today. Awesome. Um, and yeah, it's great. You get to watch 
people all around the world mm. share their little films of their life. You know, they could be in a high rise in Hong Kong or mm. in the middle of Australia or in Seattle or in London, literally down the road from me. And you get yeah. to see people's little videos. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so when you compare that first online course back mm. in 2012 to today's online course mm. in 2019, so how would you compare in terms of the quality, the output? Yeah, I mean essentially a lot of it is the same because mm. it's sharing my process and how I do things and obviously I've got better and more skillful and quicker and technology's got better so I've been able to update all of those things but the idea of showing somebody how to make a film is still the same as it was in that first course and some of the things that I talk about are still the same um, the idea of of just doing it and learning through doing is such a big um, idea for me that I you know, we, sometimes we think we have to have all the equipment and all the knowledge before we start something. But actually, particularly with something like video making, is you learn so much by doing it. By shooting, mm. you get better at editing. And by editing, you get better at shooting. And so encouraging people to not wanting it to be perfect straight mm. away, just to to give it a go, put it together and see what those lessons are that can help you yeah. with the next film that you make. And it's interesting you speak about that in the context of film, but mm. that power of action and doing versus thinking and planning. And there's a place for thinking and yeah. planning. Of course, it has its role. But when we move into that stage of over planning and overthinking, mm. it just you know, the amount of information we get back through action. Yes. phenomenal yeah 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 um so i think to anybody out there irrespective of what field they're in it's to lean into that action yeah and i i see it when i'm teaching in, in workshops in person i'll have given people the 10 tips or whatever of what you must do and what you mustn't do and then we go out and we shoot and they all start doing the things that i've said don't do <laughs> because they yeah. haven't actually taken it on board and listened to it but whilst they're doing it they then see ah oh, yeah. now I understand why she said you've got to do this and then and then they get better at that by by doing it but yeah I, I'm I totally understand about the kind of we've got to be prepared and researching no just get on with it and yeah. try it and give it and go and yeah. like you could have done that with the podcast where you're like oh, oh I'm going to research every microphone under the sun no, and, and you just know, and buy I a microphone exactly. and go and record someone exactly and, and now I look back and you do look back and go gosh I was naive mm. you know even in, in but you needed that degree of naivety to move into it yeah. I think it's it's almost like yeah and I think we all have different means and ways of learning but I don't think for any individual the strength of taking action I think is is universal to us all yeah uh, and like that when I look at some of the first films that I made that were part of my course in terms of look guys this is what you can yeah. do I'm like oh my goodness they're a disaster like yeah. a lot yeah. of the things are you know technically not right or whatever but at the time they were good enough and that's all you've got to do is just do stuff that's good enough and then when you look back in years, you, years later, you go, okay, well, now I wouldn't do it like that now. But that's a great lesson, isn't it? And it still took you to where you yeah. are today. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it wasn't detrimental. Mm. It's, it's remembering that. Yeah. Um, also, I shared a lovely quote with Santi uh, ahead of this interview, which I will read to you guys. Um, a lovely quote from Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. 
or a job in this lifetime is not to shape ourselves into some ideal we imagine we ought to be, but to find out who we already are and become it. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> I love Stephen Preston. I mean, do he's you? yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, he's the he's the king the on resistance, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, on resistance. Yeah. So yeah, when I read his, uh, is it the War on Art? The War of Art the and War Turning Art. Pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which talks about resistance. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah, this is me. Um, but yes, he he's saying. I guess he's saying that you don't have to be perfect. Mm. I and mean, that's what I kind of get from it is that. Um, we can compare ourselves, I guess, to other people or even to ourselves. Like I've been doing a little bit of that recently where it's like I'm of a certain age and like where should I be of a certain age? Like I know people talk about comparison to other people and like look at what they're doing on Instagram. I don't tend to do that, but I have been getting a bit in the headspace of comparing myself to where I thought I should be at this age. Mm -hmm. Should I have a house or should I be have my business doing this or should I be doing that? So... Um, I don't know where that goes from what we were talking about, yeah. but I, yeah, that, that well, it's we perfection. We're talking yeah. about perfection yeah, and that comparison. You can't compare yourself to what you think you should be doing mm. or what society thinks you should be doing. You just have to be comfortable in, in what you're doing right now. And mm. if things aren't good or aren't comfortable for you, then how can you find a way to change that? And if things are good, but they're, but you're wanting more, then how can you be working towards that? Mm. I feel like, we're always working towards getting better at doing things, aren't we? Mm. You know, and finding better ways to be living yeah. our life and feel more joy and more fulfilled or mm. more satisfied. Mm. Um, and I think I think that's what he's saying is just having the being brave enough to know you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be doing what you're doing now, and that's okay. Yeah, and very often the pain comes through resisting what is and not to sound too cryptic so it's not it's not to say that the pain is not actually what we're experiencing the pain is through thinking we should be somewhere else mm. or we should be experiencing something else yeah. you know so as you said it's it's like we are where we are now how can we kind of lean into that and 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 be a little bit more playful in the world and yeah, and yeah. yeah like because I'm you know 45 and we don't own our own house and yeah. um, so we rent a house and so I have this story in my head that well that's like because everybody else I know is renovating their kitchen but we're not because we live in a rented property and so you kind of get in that space of like well I'm not good enough like what does that, what's that all about and actually the house we're, we're renting is lovely and the boys go to an amazing yeah. school and they're turning into wonderful young people and maybe we wouldn't have had that experience if we weren't in that particular mm. house and we haven't been fortunate enough to buy a place because of various circumstances and whatever but I still have to trust that where I am in my journey is enough and good enough and yeah. and all of that but yeah, yeah I still of course I go into that into that space but it's mm. it's reminding yourself that they're just thoughts, aren't they? And it's they're not, just thoughts and, and thoughts not, against what? Yeah. Against a social norm that we're not even sure whether it suits us. Well, no. Do I ever want to own a house? Maybe that's too, you know, yeah. limiting. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, but yeah. but it's again, we tend to, yeah. And again, it's, it's this is, and this is the lovely thing that Stephen Pressfield does. He puts a spotlight on the weird and wonderful ways in which resistance can show up, mm. you know? And it's just another form of, it, it's a thought or it's a... Um, yeah, and actually for any creatives out there, any individual out there, I would definitely recommend 
reading oh, Stephen yes. Pressfield. Oh, yeah, He's yeah, quite yeah. the... Yeah. I haven't read it for a few years, actually. Maybe it's time to have a little reread. Because, you know, like some books you have to go back to again and yeah, again. Yeah, it's definitely... Actually, I have it here. Or podcast, pro. perfect. <laughs> so I think on that note, that brings us to a lovely closing. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me on to chat to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If there's something that you've heard in this episode that has resonated with you, or perhaps you think it could benefit someone else, then please do share this link or start the conversation. If you haven't done so already, click on the subscribe button in your listening app. And as always, I really value your feedback. So please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And for more information, full show notes, links and resources, you can pop over to my website, SineadMillard.com. See you next time back here on The Courage To Be.